Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. We are back once again. I'm Joshua Fisher along with Alexander Tosopoulos and Nicholas Snacks. Crider, this is the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. So get your horns up because here we go. Horns up, talking Texas podcast. Quan is not here with us on this show. So if you love Quan and you only tune in because of Quan, stay with us because we love Quan just as much and we will do our best to emulate what he would want in spirit. But we welcome somebody into the Horns Den. I was going to say Lions, then just wouldn't fit because we have no association with Lions. Uh, we have a big game. Bevo's Cage. Bevo's Cage. There we go, Nick. That's why there's three of us, baby. You guys cage Bevo? No, no, he's on a pasture. He's no, on a he's pasture. Open, he's chilling. He's open. open. That is not cool. It's open. <laughs> don't we don't. We don't cage, dude. Don't. don't well, try he's, to... he's got like he's got like a pretty spacious area on game day that is caged off for the public. Like yeah. we don't want people going in there. It's There's not to safety. keep him out. Uh, how? What Bevo are we on right now? Fifteen. I think. Yeah, I think fifteen or sixteen. Because it what was is... fifteen when my buddy brought him. My buddy was like, we have handlers for them, and my buddy brought him out to. Uh, bring him to the public. And that other voice you hear that you may not recognize is Jack Ferris because we're doing a conjoint podcast with the Believe in Gonzaga podcast. Jack hosts with Bob Sacre. Uh, they do a great job. Going to butter him up now before we get into the nitty gritty because we battle the Gonzaga Bulldogs in our first major test in basketball. And to go back to your question about Bevo, he's loving life. So I just want to put that out there. Yeah, can, you cage him. I, yeah. There's no cages. There's okay. no like major cages involved. We're we are an animal first university. Uh, well, thank you guys for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, I did my <laughs> research on Texas basketball. Um, took about seven minutes. I have to ask you this. Oh, God, I have to ask you this. You know, Texas is a sexy pick this year. What are they going to do? Uh, you guys have all the senior leadership, kings of the transfer portal. Do you think the best, seriously, do you think the best thing you have going for you in modern America right now, this Ted Lasso obsessed culture, the best thing you have going is that you have an actual coach beard calling yes. the shots from the sideline? Without a doubt. That matters. This is, this is a, yeah. a new regime and it is uh, so different than the previous two. Shaka was a great players coach, but I don't think he really connected with the fan base like Chris Beard is. And a lot of that has to do with him being an alum of Texas and him giving back to his university and finally getting everyone fired up. But this is the thing that we needed for our, our for our program to really flourish. And this is the last year at the Frank Irwin Center. I don't know if you knew that. We're building a new um, uh, arena for our, our team. So kind of uh, go out with a bang here and uh, send it off correctly. But I'm so pumped for this hire. I was pumped for it before it even happened. I mean, that was my top choice. Yeah, well, you're one game in. Let's let's pump the brakes here, here, Nick. Mm. All <laughs> gas, all gas, no brakes for basketball, not football. Now that we're we're uh, moving that saying over to hoops. I, I do have one more question, yeah. and I know this is a uh, Texas podcast, but we're putting it on mine as well. So I, I think course, the people please. need to know um, how much are you guys paying Shaka Smart, and for how long? 
uh, too much and probably for too long. Is, okay, good. Is the you guys can afford it. Yeah, we can afford anything, which yeah. is why I don't understand why we can't win football games. Um, well, we had to we had to buy out Beard from Tech too. We can well. afford nearly nearly anything, Jack. I don't know if you knew that. So you're paying Texas Tech, an in-state conference rival, well for how many more years though? And then you're also paying Shaka to hang out and probably. No, I, I, th- I think it was a contractual fee that was set up in Beard's negotiation when he was Texas Tech's head coach, where if he were to go to another school within state, there was an additional fee that, that had to be paid off as well. So, oh, so you're paying double. Good. Good. I'm, I'm no, reading But it's not like an, it's not an extended. It's just it was a one time. It's a one time deal. But so, you're paying Shaka yeah, yeah. for a few years. So Shaka is sure. not Shaka is not getting paid out of our pocket because he took the Marquette job. If we did, though then it would have owed him $7.1 million. Got which is, it. Which is nothing. We're the Yankees. That's a mistake. For better by or for worse. Yeah, I mean, yeah. get him out of here. Honestly. Take a year off. X's and O's was not his thing. And at the end of the day, at least I feel in college basketball, it starts with the coach. And I'll go to – I'll toot your program's horn. I'm going to kill you with kindness, Jack, because Gonzaga, Mark Few, has dominated – no matter what kind of recruit he's got. Now with the recruiting abilities of Gonzaga have taken a massive turn. You have Suggs last year. You have a great class last year in full. Dominic Harris, who's you know out indefinitely. Alex and I saw him play live with Mobley in high school, and he was the big standout in that game. Uh, and that was against Sierra Canyon. And then there was a situation, you know, back in the day where the recruits were not as good, but y'all were still in the mix. And that lends itself to him having an excellent, excellent system in place and being an awesome X and O's guy. And Shaka, time and time again, not only flopped in the big games, but made horrible second half adjustments or lack thereof. There was none. So having a guy like Beard in the mix, who's been to the national championship before with, again, a recruiting class that was not as touted as ours, and knock, knocked knocked off an excellent Gonzaga team in the Elite Eight on his way to the mm. national championship. Elite with Texas Gonzaga Tech. team. Yeah. People don't forget. Yeah, people don't forget. I mean, look, especially you, Gonzaga fans. But yeah, clearly. I mean, you guys, <laughs> it's how can you develop your players, especially in basketball? Well, that's that's high praise, and I won't say thank you um, because I don't want to get too nice here. Yeah, uh, you're right, Gonzaga. Mark Few's done an incredible job of for the first ten years, kind of. Um, recruiting diamonds in the rough and polishing them and developing them over four years. The program's taken that next leap to where they're traditionally on the top line in the tournament the last five or six years because they've had access to Jalen Suggs, now Chet Holmgren. Um, Gonzaga is an acceptable destination for these, these blue chip players. But before that, and even now, what people outside of the program don't realize is that Coach Few and his staff regularly dominated the transfer market before transferring was cool. So now everyone's catching up. I mean, you know, look, we recruited Adam Morrison. He was a two-star. He's, you know, he was the player of the year in 2000, what was it, 6, 2005. You mentioned Jalen Suggs, but before that, Dan Dickow, people don't realize, was a transfer. Um, You go back, Andrew Nemhard starting now, Rajir Bolton. You guys know Rajir Bolton from Iowa State. We have two starters that are transfers. Nemhard is great. Nemhard, yeah. Well, I, I, people who are listening to this on my feed, I just ripped Nemhard a little bit. Um, he he needs to do more. But yeah, no, he is great. He's a cool player. Uh, my point is, there's always been two or three regular contributors on Gonzaga's team over the last twenty years. We don't just get guys in our backyard that are overlooked that turn into 
NBA players. We don't just get uh, the foreign guys coming in from Poland or uh, Latvia or another country you've never pronounced. Um, we get guys who are at middle of the road power five conferences, Cal, USC, uh, I'll say Florida a few years ago that uh, want a shot at the national championship. And, and we've been able to, to flourish guys come in and they're, they're mature. So let's see if it works out for you guys. Again, we've, we've been dominating the transfer market since before transferring was cool. Now that it's cool, you guys are all about it. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly how we are made. We don't have to be the trendsetters. We come down and be the followers as long as we win. I think the key is this though, in college basketball and you, you know, it was on the fullest of displays in the way Villanova won their titles experience is everything you could have, you know, some of the best, I mean, look at what Duke had a couple of years ago with Zion, RJ and Cam Reddish. You're not, you're talking about probably the best recruiting class in the history of college basketball. I mean, when do the all top three guys go to the same school Yeah, like commit to play? And you know what? They were good too. And it just didn't matter because experience time and time again, wins out and to get into the game against y'all. I think it's an early test, maybe too early of a test, but if you go across the board and these, you know, recruits we got in the transfer portal, Carr, Allen, Dylan Disu, who's going to come back healthy. And I don't want us to rush him back. It may be tempting to rush him back into this game. He's cleared for full contact. It may be tempting to rush him back in this game because our biggest weakness, I think, and it's pretty, I think it's pretty evident, is our interior presence. And your biggest strength is probably your interior presence on the offensive and defensive side, but I don't want to rush him back, but all these guys are upperclassmen and experienced guys. These aren't guys that flamed out, you know, didn't kick, didn't, you know, cash in at Kansas, didn't cash in at Duke as freshmen can't hang there. And all of a sudden they have to sit out a year and they're transferring over to us. These guys, Marcus Carr is a 20 point per game score in the big 10. I have that in my notes. You took that from me. I was going to drop that on you guys. Read your mind. Dylan Disu, who hasn't played yet, led the SEC in rebounds. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's hard again. to find. It's hard to find a guy who's been at your program for two years. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, your shooter. What is it? Courtney Ramey. Yep. Um, he's your own. Is he your only him and Andrew, Andrew Jones. Jo- Andrew Jones for your guy. Okay. I've got a uh, Josh. Um, I've got a number of, of counterpoints there. Please. When you say too much too soon yes you guys are going to spokane the home of the number one team in the nation we haven't lost at home since i don't know you guys were probably in junior high um you guys play in one of the toughest conferences in america we don't this is this is how gonzaga operates the next six weeks will dictate how we are judged come selection sunday we are used to playing these insane non-conference matchups November through December. Um, That said, I think your fan base should be happy to know. What's the line right now? It's not out, is it? Check it out on betonline.ag. You like that, Alex? Betonline, promo code, believe, B-L-E-A-V-50. I don't like that. I love that, Jack. That's great. I would guess we're probably going to be favored by like five or six points. I, I honestly, no joke, this isn't blowing smoke. I would consider going Texas money line because wow. of what you said. You guys have Chet Holmgren is going to be an excellent player, and he's probably going to be a 15-year NBA guy. Um, this is his second game ever, and you guys are rolling in, what, three or four forwards who 
won't be afraid, who are probably thrilled at the chance to bang up against what will probably be the number one recruit all summer long. They've heard about how good Chet Holmgren is. Right. And Chris Beard is not a guy who's going to game plan around Chet Holmgren. I think you guys will correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. I, I think in the first like four or five minutes, you guys will throw bodies at him trying to get a foul or two. Um, because I think if you guys get two fouls on Chet Holmgren in the first half, you're, you're in the driver's seat. Um, so it, it, it will be a test. Timmy's great. We can't shoot. I'll say it. We're, we're an awful three-point shooting team. Gonzaga has always been, the identity has always been just light you up on the offensive end and do just enough on the defensive end to, to edge out like a, a 92-85 win. You know what I mean? We're going to have to Chris Beard it this year. We're going to have to grind people out. Uh, you guys shot 59%. Yeah, we shot we shot incredibly well from the three point line, and the the reason why is because the looks that we were getting. Granted, we're playing Houston Baptist, which is not a good opponent. Similar thing for y'all. Uh, neither of us had a true. We both had tune up games, but they were not tests whatsoever. Um, but Marcus Carr, he his the way he pays with he plays with pace and dictates an offense. He commands attention when he's driving to the basket and he gets these wide open looks for guys like Courtney Ramey that you mentioned and Andrew Jones who are both seniors at UT have been there for a long time getting the minutes and getting open looks which is huge that's why they they made a lot of them I mean I I watched that game and I was like the one thing I know and Febris also is a guy that's played on our UT team for a long time so those three guys those were our knockdown shooters which is funny that those are the only guys that have been there for for quite some time and already are getting integrated into the offense but yeah, that's going to be a huge thing for y'all. I I think Timmy's the I think he's the swing on this game for me because if he can dominate inside, he had kind of a quiet game, didn't need to do anything in y'all's first outing. But he can it, if he has twenty plus, I, I like y'all in this game, Jack. I really yeah do. yeah Texas product, true Timmy. Um, it's right. interesting. To your, to your point, we played Dixie State, which two years ago was a Division two team. Fifteen years ago, they were a JC school. And they shot 37% from three on us. So you guys might get some wide open looks against Gonzaga. Um, yeah, Timmy is, look, it's a big season for Timmy. A lot of people don't think he's an NBA player. I mean, that's a, that's just a fact. I, I think we all believe he has a shot and it's going to take these marquee games for the um, for NBA scouts, front offices to kind of rethink their stance on Drew Timmy. Um, I, I'm still not clear how we're going to use Chet. Um, he certainly is an absolute presence defensively, uh, which leads Drew to kind of freelance a little bit in, in, in the mid range game. Um, but yeah, yeah. You're not going to be able to double Drew Timmy, who is a, uh, preseason wooden award watch list winner. You guys got one. We got two. I will say that. And both of ours are um, under the basket, four and five, Andrew Timmy and uh, Chet Holmgren. It'll be interesting because, I, again, I, I think this game is going to be in the 70s, honestly. I think Which a favors little, us. I, I does. I agree. I think um, I think here's a little tip for your listeners. I think my yeah. listeners already know this. Bet Gonzaga team total under for a little while. We scored 97 points against Dixie State. I think the team total was set at like 105. 
and we just got a little hot towards the end. Like we weren't close to sniffing that team total. I think Vegas will uh, adjust to what kind of team we are. We're not going to lead the team, the nation in scoring like we have the last couple of years. That's, that's not who we are. Uh, if you guys shut down Julian Strother and you guys got the guys to do it, you guys got the wings to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I honestly don't think we have a shot. And my, I, I have listeners right now that are pissed off at me, but that's, that's just a fact. We don't have guys. Nemhard's a great uh, feel guy. He's a great facilitator. He's so cool and crisp with the basketball. He's not going to light you up from deep. Rajir Bolton had a good shooting game against Dixie State. I don't know if that's sustainable. Yeah, uh, no, what's up with sweating. Marcus Carr's defense? Yeah, I mean, I think defensively, I think that's why the issue of us, you know, kind of, first of all, Big Ten also is just very offensive heavy. Uh, he wasn't asked to do a lot of Minnesota defensively. Um, I think he's not, I wouldn't, obviously he's not our strongest defender. And again, you get like a guy like Nemar, maybe he's not going to light you up from outside, but he's played in the Gonzaga system. So is Julian, you know, these guys have played and obviously Bolton's a, a vet guy and Timmy's been there. I mean, I think my issue as, as far as, you know, obviously we shot the ball extremely hot and, but we've seen Ramey and Jones be hot and cold in the past. Their level of consistency is a massive issue. Um, it's, it's a reason why you talk about Timmy going to be a pro. Why isn't Andrew Jones a pro yet? Um, aside, you know, obviously there's major health issues. Um, but from his game itself, and same similar with Ramey, there is some consistency issues, especially from three-point range. Uh, Marcus Carr defensively. Again, it's going to be had to be a situation where you buy into Beard system defensively, and that's again also on the long along the lines of these guys haven't played a while together or at all. And yeah, Holmgren's new, but getting a bunch of guys like Allen Bishop, maybe a little less Bishop, but Dylan Disu and Carr, who are used to being the guy in their program and bringing them into it, and Trey Mitchell and bring them into a situation where Jones is the guy or Ramey's used to being the guy and having all those guys play in suit versus bringing in a freshman like Holmgren who understands and, and Hunter's house who understand that. Okay. Like, yeah, we're top recruits, but this is Drew Timmy's team, you know, and un- Drew Timmy knows that he's going to have to make some sacrifices along the way to win, to give Holmgren and Sal some light to kind of do what they do best and be that premier talent. I, you bring up the four and five guys. I mean, I'm not, look, I'm not questioning Marcus Carr's ability to score the basketball. And that's why we brought him in. We didn't bring him in to be a defensive stalwart. And that's okay. Cause if we, if it goes in the seventies, if we get, if we get to 80 points on y'all, I'm not really sweating it. I think we can outshoot you guys. If we're, if we're at our hottest, my only real point of contention on why I'm really not confident in this basketball game is how are we going to get a rebound? Yeah. You're going to, we, out, we out rebounded Houston Baptist who we beat by 50 points by one rebound, one rebound. Yeah. Yeah. And and you look at, I mean, my big question for Gonzaga, I'm going to be looking for it in this game, but more so going forward throughout the rest of the season is how do y'all play Timmy and Holgram together? How do oh, yeah, they, I, have no, they yeah I don't know. Yeah, your guess is good to find. Be- yeah. Because like you said, yes, you can't really double Timmy in the post, but if both of them are, you can go high post, low post action mm-hmm. with them, but th- they're just big bodies in the college court smaller. And that's one thing, if you've been watching a lot of NBA basketball and then you turn on a college game, you're like, whoa. Did they just shrink everything? Like these guys are big athletes. They're they're the same size as a lot of those NBA guys, especially the type of guys that the Texas and Gonzaga have. So I I'm if y'all dominate on the rebounds, we could really be in trouble. But I also think that we counterpoint that by having good wing defenders. And I think for Marcus Carr, just like you're talking about Drew Timmy, 
yeah, Timmy has to show a lot to NBA scouts. So does Cart. You have to be able to defend the Absolutely. guards in the NBA. You just saw Davion Mitchell fly up draft boards because of what he did in the tournament. And I think it's I think it's an application thing for Cart. I think he has the athleticism and the feet to do it. Um, if you're that good on the offensive side of the ball, chances are you can be that good defensively. You just have to apply yourself. So yeah. that's something. If he can get in Nembhard's grill, I, I've been I like Nembhard a lot. I like his talent, but I feel a little bit of the same way that you do. I I want more from him. I don't who's think your, he's a great shooter. He's not. A who's great... your off guard? It it Ramey and and Jones kind of fall into that that category. Okay, because I think you might see Ramey on Nemhard and Carr on Rajir Bolton. Probably. Uh, I have no. I mean, who knows? Um, but to your point, Alex, about Baylor and Davion Mitchell last year, I made this point earlier on the recording of our podcast, but just to get, to give you an idea of my thoughts on this Gonzaga basketball team, if this team played last year's team, this year's team would lose probably seven of 10 times, which is, I mean, last year's team was historically good, right? So that's not necessarily a knock on this year's team, but this year's team has a much better shot at beating Baylor, much better shot. Does that make sense? Like it's different basketball being played in Spokane this year. And I don't think people are prepared for that. We, uh, you took away the strength last year. Like Baylor, like people, like obviously like Mitchell is an unbelievable defender and that's a big reason he flew up draft boards. And like, you know, you, we, really, we all really saw the way the NBA has, we've seen how it switched gears this season and we saw it kind of the draft kind of gave us like a spoiler alert where we saw Barnes go, Franz Wagner go, Mobley go, these defensive, even Jalen, who's like a more defensive-minded player, go earlier than these kind of like, you know, knockdown shooters. So we all anticipate like a guy like Kispert or a guy like Moody who kind of fell a little bit that could bang threes. Um, but I think this, I think this Gonzaga team is built, gonna have to be built more in a defensive aspect. And last year, like Baylor took away the offensive side of Gonzaga. Plus, you had a guy like Jared Butler, who is an elite scorer for college rank. And then a mayor who got hot in the who mayor who got hot just, in, the, in, the, in the post. I, I think Jack, you can't underestimate, and this is something he has to get to. But Chet, what he can be as a defensive anchor for your team is something you didn't have last year. I know Timmy, no, of course, no, of course Timmy no, can no, block I, shots I, around the rim, but you can hide Corey. Like we love Corey. We had Corey on our other podcast, Charity Stripe, but oh, he man. even talked to us. Oh, sweet. Yeah, he never he was never on our podcast. Well, we'll talk to him. We'll get, we'll get him. We'll get him on the well, boys of kiss. Parade. Talk to him we'll, for me. We'll, yeah. We'll put in a good word, but he even admitted that one thing he was looking at, at working on was his, you know, his first step defensively and containing guys and, and what he has to work on athletically to do that at the NBA level. And obviously that was something that he could hide, but he could, he, he could have hit it even better if he had Holmgren behind him, because you just, if you beat a guy off the dribble on the wing, you got that guy there, and look, the guys are just going to – they're not going to know what to do when they see him in front of them. He had seven blocks. Seven yeah. blocks in a game. Tune-up game or not, seven blocks is ridiculous. Yeah, no, I agree, and I, I will think we will I'll, – I'll put the guarantee down. I think we're going to see one triple-double out of Chet in which one of the stats is blocks because wow. he's going to roll out of the bed and get you 11 rebounds, 12 rebounds. Um I think one game he's going to be close and he's going to try to go for it. It's just whether or not, you know, a lot of that depends on whether or not a team is still attacking the, uh, the paint. If they are he at can seven or eight out, he's athletic he, enough to come out. And, and that good segue there, Josh, because offensively, maybe not this game, maybe they're just not quite ready for it, but down the road, don't be shocked. If you see 
Chet Holmgren float around the perimeter offensively because he can shoot and we don't have shooters. He might be and your best shooter. He might be our best shooter. And, and credit to coach few. Um, he is never set in his ways. He's down to switch his, his philosophy upside down whenever he has to. And if he's going to play to his strengths and if he has a seven, one guy who, uh, shoots at 37% from deep, he's, he's going to run sets where he gets him wide open in the corner or top of the three, top of the three uh, for sure. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I, I would love to see it against you guys. One thing we definitely have going for us is the kennel is going to be outrageous on Saturday night. Um, and to your, I don't know who made the point earlier, but you guys haven't played a lot of basketball together and in hostile environments, a, you need senior leadership or veteran leadership, which you guys have in spades, but B, you need to be able to trust the guy next to you. You're not going to, you're going to be running sets and not be able to hear each other on the floor. Understand the guy next to you, know how he moves. Know right. Exactly. And and, yeah. 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 And so anytime Gonzaga's ever lost at home, it's to a BYU 27 year old dudes who have played together for a decade, Ever? you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's the, cause you have to be able to com- communicate non-verbally yeah. um, and you guys won't be able to hear each other on the floor. That's, that's a, a big a check in our column. Yeah. So we'll see. What's that we'll capacity see. there? 6,000. That's Six, it. It's that's it, wow. but it's, it's yeah. crazy. I mean, if you guys ever have a chance to go, it's a bucket list thing. It is uh, you walk around and it's like impressive. The facilities there, are, like in the last five years, it's definitely turned into a, you walk around, you're like, Oh, I can see why kids come here. Cause the facilities are so nice. McCarthy athletic center itself is it's kind of underwhelming, um, but then you get six thousand people in there, two thousand of which are students, and they're on top of the court, and it's it's wild. What's um, uh, why is Duke Duke's home court escaping me? Cameron, what's Cameron Indoor? It, that's I like eight thousand. I, I don't think it's as big as people anticipate. I also want to. I hit my buddy about going there. Um, because I want to go see Paolo Banchero play because I think he's going to be the number one pick, and I think he's excellent. It's also Coach K's last year. There's, um, there's above uh, 9,000. Oh, 9,000. 9,300. Right. Yeah. Got me there. And Frank Irwin, where we play right now, is 16,000. Oh, see, yeah. We, you, had 14, I, we had 14 at the home opener. What's the next one? The new one that's coming? The, ne- the new capacity. I think it's yeah. going to be smaller. I think it's yeah. going to be... I'm telling you, sm- smaller That's is the, better. Oh yeah, especially with basketball. I mean, you look at you look house. at Kansas. Kansas has got a small one, like, and it's yeah. always bonkers. Yeah. Um, things you guys can expect this game, please. If he doesn't start, Nolan Hickman, I think might be my favorite sag this year. He's a fresh. So, obviously Chet, and then Hunter Salas out of Omaha was our other highly touted uh, guy coming in. Nolan Hickman was under the radar of many people, clearly not coach fee staff. He, this kid's awesome. He's the energizer bunny. He's going to come off. He's going to be going against your second unit guys. And, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he's second or third in scoring for the Zags coming off the bench. Um, he's going to be a jolt of energy. So watch out for him that and be prepared for minimum three bump shots in and out of the game of snow peaked mountains and the Spokane falls because it just snowed there this morning. Really? Oh my God. So there's probably an ESPN crew in Spokane getting tons of snow shots. 
Yeah, that's another that's off. <laughs> I hate to like toot both of our horns. I think this is a. I don't think. I hope it's not the first time we meet. I think this season. Both, yeah. Well, you got to think if you guys. I mean, I mean, I hope it's not the last time we meet. Sorry, it is, it is inevitably the first time we meet. Where's the Midwest <laughs> Regional this year? Because the West Regional is in San Francisco. This is something you'll get used to when you're always a top ten basketball program. You always look at where the <laughs> basketball school. Uh, Josh is wearing a hat in in burnt orange that says basketball school. Yeah, um, decommitted from football. <laughs> Every uh, year, every year this this time of year, I look at where all the regionals are playing. It says Champaign, Illinois this year. Oh, okay. Well, what region would you guys be in? You guys are weird because you could be in the South. We're gonna be in uh, New or- New Orleans, Louisiana. Ah, where I have tickets <laughs> to go. You bought to tickets? The, I'm going to the Final Four already. I have put money on us to win on BetOnline.ag. So have I on BetOnline.ag. A substantial Which is- amount. It's the stupidest bet, Gonzaga. We're plus six fifty, and the next team, what is it like? UCLA is like plus thirteen hundred. Who, by the way, I'm not fully sold on. I agree. I was, what were really? we, Josh? Plus fourteen. Uh, pl- I have to say plus fourteen. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's still the line for most for most I sites. Mean, yeah, not not much has one, happened. One, I think. I, we love betonline.ag, but I For think sure. that they they might need to reevaluate and just books all across the board, reevaluate the odds on college basketball champions because it's just so difficult that you can't you can't standardize those across the same like the same template that you use for bas- yeah. for NBA and NFL. Like it's, it's ridiculous. Just so much harder. They're, it's so much harder. The futures dumb, model, but I still do it. The yeah. futures model is is a lot more it's a lot different than just like the spread models that you see for basketball and football games i mean it's more of a, a crapshoot and just based off history of of how the program has has played so yeah that's a crappy bet for you i'm sorry it is it's a terrible bet it's the worst yesterday yesterday last year on betonline.ag once the um brackets were released for gonzaga to win the west so okay selection sunday boom for gonzaga to win four games and go to the final four it was like minus 110. On betonline.ag. On betonline.ag. That's there ridiculous to go to the final four. But there was no way they were not going to the final okay, four. Okay, fine. Well, good. Great. But that is like a ridiculous. That's a stupid bet. It's basketball. It's a yeah. single elimination. Crazy things happen. It's kind of how it is like when Bama gets close enough to the college football playoff where it's like Bama's odds to win the natty is like minus 300 or minus 200. And they still got like three games left to play. But, I know, it's dumb. but there was no way that Bama team was losing. And I know I said this about the Gonzaga team. They end eventually lost, but at least to go to the final four, that Gonzaga team outside that Baylor game, I stand by is a, for me, the best college basketball team I've seen. And it includes like the Hansborough days where I thought that UNC team was an absolute juggernaut and a couple and that Florida team with Joe Kim Horford and Brewer, who also shout out to him. Uh, yeah. The dif- difference being those teams won titles and we didn't, but yeah, I exactly. appreciate that. Josh. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I'm excited for I, I I love that you bring up we'll just kind of go back to it, what Holmgren can do because Alex and I have a it's not a bet but a slight at odds of like who's going to win Rookie of the Year in the NBA. Alex has Mobley and I have Scotty Barnes before the season started and it's looking very nice thus far. And what they did for with both Mobley, of us for, for both, both of us for both of us what they did yeah. what they did at USC bringing Mobley out at the top of the three point line is I think that's Holmgren can really thrive there and, and, it, and it works both offensively and defensively. And it also allows Timmy to kind of operate down low as well. Uh, unfortunately, we're not the team that can do this to you, but I really want to see 
y'all matched up with a team like Kansas, where when Chet's in the paint, they throw Joey McCormick on him. Yeah. And then I want to see like how he handles that because that's what NBA scouts really want to see. Yes, he's very slight of frame, but can he still go over the top of guys and can he still body up? It, he's an elite competitor, so I know he's going to try to. Um, but that's what I'm really going to be Illinois, looking out for. And that's the Kentucky. only reason that's the only reason why I give Boncaro the edge right now is because that guy's he's his body is NBA ready right now. I mean, did you watch that Duke game? Did you watch did. that, Jack? I did. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it, I, I think I'm going to be talking about Trevor Keels every time I talk about college basketball for the rest of the year. So it, for, it, it concerns me because in two weeks, in the same week, we play both UCLA and Duke in Vegas. Ooh. And um, I'm on UCLA might still be one versus two. We have to beat you guys. UCLA has to beat Villanova. Who knows if that happens, but I, I, we skipped over this a little bit. I do think that UCLA team is overrated. Yes. They're returning everybody, but before the tournament, they were a bubble team. They were an overtime away from missing the tournament altogether. If I, the playing game versus Michigan state. You know, and then every single game was like a, a nail biter in the tournament. Good teams and bad teams. Um, maybe they proved me wrong. And you know, like we were saying earlier, basketball is about knowing the guy next to you and experience and having been there and knowing you can do it. So they've definitely got a lot of that. But I think if you go to BetOnline.ag, UCLA is going. The, the lines are going to be ridiculous, and I would fade UCLA for a little while. Honestly, I'm not sold. I th- I yeah. think it's a fair point because who were they until the tournament last nobody, year? Not any, they're barely in the right. tournament. They barely made right. the tournament. They're like last four in. It's a fair point. Literally. They do have, like we said, the consistency factor of bringing all the same guys back and and then adding extra pieces. So I think that's why everyone's into them right now. But it, it's a really fair criticism. It, yeah. yeah. I'm interested to see that. That's a tough week for y'all, but that's great basketball to watch. Yeah. And like we were best. saying off the top, for you guys, it, it's a lot early, you know, game two at Spokane versus the number one team in the nation. But that like, that's we're used to this kind of BS. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have to win in November, December to be taken seriously in March. Cause we, if we drop two or three of these games, we'll be a five seed, four seed. You think I'm exaggerating? I'm not. No, no. Cause you're the rest of everything else is garbage. Yeah. I mean, that's a big reason. No, it's fine. I mean, it's a big reason that it's an appealing place because when you do win those games and you prove that, you can beat those top tier teams. You know, as a recruit, you know you're automatically going to the tournament because you're going to wipe the floor with your conference. Yes. And yes. you don't know that necessarily. If you like, we've seen Kentucky miss the tournament, dude, all the time, nuts. all the time. Yep. I, UNC too. That's UNC Duke, Duke last, last year. year. I, that is, and that's I voiced this concern on our podcast many times. When you become the destination for one and dones, you're playing roulette. Because all you need is one bad recruiting class, and you're so invested, you bought a house on one and done land, and if mm-hmm. the property value is shitty that year, sorry, do I can I swear on your podcast all day long? Yeah. Okay, day good. Long. If the property value goes to shit that year, you're homeless. You yeah. know what I mean? You're not going to the tournament. Um, I I got to get out of here. I will say this: there's much more pressure on the Gonzaga Bulldogs to win Saturday night than you oh, guys. Totally. You oh, guys can lose. One. Yeah. You guys can lose by ten. Put up a fight. Uh, in March, it's probably going to be a decent loss. You guys could win that back in spades uh, playing your your Big Ten, Big 12 schedule. So it's Baylor. It's about Baylor and Kansas. Can we beat Baylor and Kansas, especially at home? And can we pull off one of those on the road? 
And that's what's going to come down to us in March if we're really like a top eight team to be a one or a two seed, or like a legit one or two seed, not like a bogus three seed like we were last year. Wait, so so final decision here, Jack. You you said at the beginning that you would take Texas. Yeah, but I won't pick. I'll give you the final score. I won't pick you guys. Come on, I'm not come on, I'm still a Zach guy. Okay. Um okay. I'll give us, go give us the pick. I'll go final score, Gonzaga. 81 Texas 77, which means take the points and, and the orange guys. And that's a great game. What do you guys got? We'll go toss Nick and I'll close out toss. Give us the score. I, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a defensive battle. It's going to be a defensive battle and the shooting woes. It's early in the season. We, we, we thought we found our rhythm against a, a bad team, but no one's really found their rhythm yet. I'm going 73, 73, 66, Texas. I'll, I'll stick with 77, Texas, and I'll, I'll give you guys uh, 72. Ooh. I'll match Nick 72, and I'll give us 61. So, oh, you're picking an 11-point loss? I'm telling you, I think we're going to have a really <laughs> – I think we're going to have a tough time inside. I, think uh, you're, really have I mean, you're definitely going to have a tough time inside, but I think. Which is going to lead us to trying to shoot ourselves back into the game. And I don't, I'm not fully bought into the guys we've had in the past. And I haven't seen enough of the guys we have today on our roster to get us back into that game in the three-point shootout. One thing is Dylan Disu did get cleared to practice. There's no timeable return. He could play on Saturday. So we're not sure. I don't want him to. Yeah. But if he does, I mean, he that's. That's someone that can help down low. If he you can guys play, Josh, play. Josh, your your point though is the same across for the Zags. If the Zags go down early, they don't have Corey anymore to shoot them back into a game. So yeah, it's it's the same, it's the same kind of thing from both sides. But for me, the impact player is Trey Mitchell. If he can handle Timmy in any sort of capacity, that gives us a good shot. He only had four rebounds against Houston Baptist. So again, the rebounding is gonna Julian they, had 10. Like right, we're talking about it's a six seven guard. If the if the Zags get a ton of extra possessions on the offensive glass, it bodes well for y'all to win that game. So that that's the key. The key is on the glass. Yeah. All right. Well, there you have it. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. You. Hey. Thanks, you, you. You. It's the double show. You can. I brought us in, Jack. You close us out, man. I know it's great. It was nice being like in the in the the back seat, being yeah. a backseat driver. You are a good backseat driver, and we're the horns of pod. <laughs> is that Josh, a compliment? Yeah, you're the best, man. Like it's like, <laughs> like hey, man, top of the bottom. Uh, Joshua Fisher, Alexander Disopolis, Nicholas Snacks, Crider, and I believe in Gonzaga, Jack Ferris. Awesome, awesome. Can't wait uh, to run it back in the future. Hopefully, we play each other once more. Um, and kind of good luck on Saturday, but not really. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jack. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.